Before we get into the latest news and rumors surrounding the New York Knicks, we are in a subscriber battle with a brand new channel here at Chat Sports. We launched the Heat Report, hosted by good old Roly. Nick Roloff, producer Roly, he's the host of that channel. And right now, they are beating us, or they beat us in May, in subscribers added. And I don't like the fact that they knocked us out of the playoffs, and they beat us in a subscriber battle in May. So in June, let's take the dub. Hit that sub button if you hate the Miami Heat and want videos every day about the New York Knicks. What up, everybody? You're watching Knicks Now by Chat Sports. I'm your host, Marshall Green. In today's show, we're going to talk about Joel Embiid because Tim McMahon and Brian Windhorst in their podcast talked about what the Knicks may be thinking about Embiid, so we'll talk about that. Then on, then on the tail end of the show, those same two guys, they didn't report this, they just explored the idea of the New York Knicks potentially trading for Pascal Siakam. So later in the show, I'm going to give you my thoughts on a potential Siakam deal. But this is what ESPN and the New York Daily News are reporting, that the Knicks are interested in a Joel Embiid trade. That was Bond Timps, that was Windhorse, and that was McMahon. They sat down, as they always do, and do their weekly podcast. And McMahon pretty much said that the New York Knicks have their focus on the Philadelphia Sixers and the 29-year-old MVP Joel Embiid. This is what McMahon had to say. He said, they are not hoping for patience, talking about the Knicks. They are hoping for for the process. I don't know if that's coming, but they've looked at that situation in Philly, and there's been a hope in New York that stuff in Philly will go haywire to the point where Embiid will ask out. And of course, the New York Knicks are interested in Joel Embiid. If you have been following this team since Leon Rose took over as the face of the franchise in the front office, they have been doing everything they can to stockpile assets, sign really team-friendly and league-friendly deals, to be honest with you, so when a superstar becomes disgruntled, they can make a move, push the chips in, and get a guy like Joel Embiid, who was 29 years old this year and won the MVP. That is obvious why the Knicks won. I mean, the guy averaged 33 points this year, 10-plus rebounds, almost two blocks per game, and he's one of the best half-court scorers in the association, almost 55% from the deck and 33% from downtown. We know what Embiid can do on the floor, no doubt about it. And we know if the Knicks got Embiid and they got to pair him with Jalen Brunson, they would be one of the best point guard center duos in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. And for that reason alone, I think you should go all in for Joel Embiid. If Embiid becomes available, if Embiid says he wants to be traded, you do whatever you can to get the big fella to go from Philly to the Big Apple. Because let's be honest, 29-year-old MVPs, they don't become available too often. I'm not sure who the last player is that won an MVP and then was traded later that summer. I think of Shaquille O'Neal when he was traded from the Los Angeles Lakers to the Miami Heat. But that wasn't right after he won an MVP. This guy just did that, and I think he still has at least three, four, five, maybe six more years of really good basketball ahead of him. But I do have my concerns, and I keep on saying this. I have concerns about every player. You know why? Because there is not a perfect player out there. LeBron James, not the best outside shooter. Early on in his career, he wasn't a clutch player. Steph Curry, he's small. He's six foot one, six foot two, and he's got bad ankles. Every person has something that holds them back. Jokic doesn't play good defense. And for Embiid, 
It's the fact that he misses ball games, and he misses ball games in the regular season and the playoffs. The injuries are no doubt concerning for me. I'm not too worried about the fact that he missed just 30 games over the past two seasons. That's 15 games per season. If that is the type of production you get, if you get Joel Embiid only missed 15 games in the regular season, that is fine. It's the games that he misses in the playoffs. He's missed five games in the NBA playoffs in the last three seasons, and that's when you can't have your MVP in the face of your franchise and a go-to number one option miss time. And not only does he miss time in the playoffs, his production is much less productive than what it is in the regular season. We talked about it just two minutes ago. He averaged 33 points per game in the regular season. That went down to 23.7 points per game. Was he dealing with an injury? No doubt about it. But it wasn't just this year. It was last year, too. He averaged 30 in the regular season, then 23 in the regular postseason this past year. And I would make the deal, but it's not going to be cheap by any means. Whatever the Knicks have, whatever they've been stockpiling, whether it be picks, players, team-friendly, trade-friendly contracts, the Philadelphia 76ers and Daryl Morey are going to want everything that the New York Knicks have in their cupboard, which is four potential first-round picks next season. They don't have any first-round picks this year. Potentially two first-round picks. You can just do list three on that. Two first-round picks in 2025. They have eight tradable first-round picks over the next seven seasons, and they have 10 first-rounders in those next seven seasons. So even if you trade all eight of those picks, you still have two first-round picks in your pocket over the next two seasons, or seven seasons, excuse me. And with those four picks we talked about in 2024, three of them are protected. One is owned by the New York Knicks. So you have your own first-round pick. You got that Mavs, Pistons, and Wizards pick, which the protections lie right here. I think you got to do everything you can to make the Philadelphia 76ers say no. Give them an offer that they can't say no to. If it costs you Julius and RJ and Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes and multiple first-round picks, yeah, I would be upset about giving up those guys. And you don't want to go absolutely trade everything you got so you don't got anything to surround Joel Embiid and Jalen Brunson. But there's a package out there that I think the Knicks could offer that makes sense for them and that the Philadelphia 76ers would accept. I think Mitchell Robinson would be in that deal. I think R.J. Barrett would be in that deal. I think either Emmanuel Quickly or Quentin Grimes would be in that deal. We'll give you Obi Toppin. We'll give you four unprotected first-round picks like the Phoenix Suns gave up for Kevin Durant. And if you want a couple of our protected picks, you can have that. And I guess if you want a pick swap or two, we can make it happen. Because 29-year-old MVPs of the entire league do not become available and he might just be available this summer after they fired Doc Rivers. They did hire Nick Nurse, but man, sometimes things changes when you change the voice of that current team. I do want to ask you guys this question before we talk about Pascal Siakam. Should the Knicks go in, all in, for Joel Embiid? Let me know what you think down in the comment section. Type Y for yes, or you can go ahead and type N for no. When you talk about Pascal Siakam, this is a player that is very skilled, no doubt about it. He can rebound the basketball, he can score the basketball, he can get downhill, he can play defense, and he's a pretty good defender as well. And Brian Windhorst and Tim McMahon in that same podcast, I'll actually have the link to that podcast down in the comment section if you want to go listen to it. About the 45-minute mark is when the Knicks chatter starts. They said they are not reporting this, they don't want to be aggregated, this is just an idea that they talked about, about potentially trading for Pascal Siakam if the Toronto Raptors, after they let Nick Nurse go, 
they decide to tear it down. So we're going to talk about that around the corner. But first, I need you guys to get hooked up with our proud sportsbook partner, BetUS. Go to chatsports.com slash bet and use this promo code chat125, and they're going to hook you guys up with a 125% deposit bonus. So you put 100 bucks into your account, use the promo code, with this link, you'll have 225 big ones to bet with, and you can lay some lettuce on the line for the NBA Finals. You can rock with the Nuggets, who have heavy favorites in this one, or if you think the Miami Heat are going to be the first eight seed to ever win an NBA title, you can roll with them at plus 330. I'm rolling with the Nuggets. I got the Nuggets in five. I think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. But you can roll with me. You can fade me over on BetUS. Just go to chatsports.com bet and use the promo code chat125. I think the Raptors are in a spot right now led by Masai Ujiri, and they have to decide who they are and what they want to be. And I think they might be heading for a reset. And we heard those rumors back at the NBA trade deadline when OG Ananobi was one of the hotter trade chips that we heard might be on the move. You just fired uh, Nick Nurse. You have a young head coach that you just hired that's never been a head coach or they haven't even hired a head coach. Excuse me, I'm thinking about the guy that went from the Raptors to the Bucks. You haven't even hired a head coach yet. So maybe, even with Fred Van Fleet potentially leaving an NBA free agency as a free agent, is it time maybe to turn the page and do something new in Toronto? I will say this, though. Trading for Pascal Siakam, if you are the New York Knicks, only makes sense if Julius Randle is either A, in that deal, or B, he's in another deal. Because there is no way, no how, that Pascal Siakam and Julius Randle could play on the floor at the same time. They're both power forwards, and neither of them really stretch the floor all that well. Julius looks like a marksman from three compared to Pascal Siakam, who shot just 32% this year, 34% last year from deep, 29% the year before, and then you had the year where COVID took over, and he shot 36% from deep. He's a good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I mean, you don't just get 24, 8, and 6 from players regularly. And I know all the Julius fans are saying, but Marshall, Julius did 24, 11, and 6. It's the same thing. Neither of these guys, I think, are perfect prospects. No one's perfect prospects. I just question how much of winning players they are. And, and the main question I have is, does Siakam actually fit better with the New York Knicks than Julius Randle? I'm going to be honest, I don't think so, and I think the spacing is absolutely a problem because at least Julius Randle, whether, though his, per whether his percentage may be just a little bit higher from three than Siakam, he's at least a threat out there, and teams actually guard him on the perimeter, and you have to deny him when he's off ball and not let him catch wide open catch-and-shoot threes. We've seen Julius get hot from downtown and have those crazy first quarters the thing with Siakam is he's not a good three-point shooter, and he hasn't even been a good three-point shooter in the playoffs, just like Randall. I mean, when you put the stats together for Siakam's last three years in the NBA playoffs, yes, he's averaging 19. Yes, he's averaging seven and three and a half, but he's shooting 24.7% from downtown. He's actually averaging 7.2 rebounds and three and a half assists. That's my bad on that graphic. But the thing is, He's not a good outside shooter. And I wonder if it's actually an upgrade or is it just a lateral move? And is Siakam better than Randall? I think Randall is actually better than Siakam. So you have to ask yourself, what is it going to cost? Is it going to be a straight-up trade Randall for Siakam? Siakam's older. He's almost 30 years old. Randall's still around 28 years old. I'm not adding any picks to Julius Randle to get Pascal Siakam. And honestly, I think you should, Siakam should have to be added picks to get Julius Randle, who's been a two-time All-NBA player. 
twice in the last three seasons. Siakam, you can't say the same about him. I know that he folds in the playoffs, but the thing is, there's about 24 teams out there in the NBA that would like to have the regular season production that Randall has. Is he a headache? No doubt about it. Is does he shrink in the playoffs? Yes. Some teams, though, they're just trying to get to the playoffs. So I want to close the show asking this question. If you had to pick a power forward, which one are you rocking with? Is it Julius Randle? Is it Pascal Siakam? Type their initials of the guy you want at the four spot for the Knicks down in the comment section. I'm not trading for Pascal Siakam unless that he's not the only move that you make this summer. Let's say you trade for Joel Embiid and you still have some trade chips and then you can go trade for Siakam. Sure, I would do that. But if that's the lone move of the offseason, I would call that a pretty, pretty disappointing offseason. Maybe get OG and OB back. Maybe a Randall, for R, a Randall and RJ for Siakam and OG. Uh, shot to my boy Carl. Told me about that thing he's heard. But I don't know. I don't know. I do know this, though. You could stay up to date on everything surrounding the Knicks, not only on this channel, but over on my Twitter as well. So give me a follow over there, at Marshall Green underscore. Thank you.